Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You're listening to Atlanta Baseball Talk, your weekly podcast for all things Atlanta Braves. Welcome to the show. Today is Sunday, April 8th, 2012, and my name is Steve. Happy Easter and Passover to you all. I am, as always, joined by my two co-hosts, Hammy. How are you tonight? I'm good, Stevie. Let's talk basketball. Can we just make this a basketball show? Uh, well, I certainly don't want to talk about baseball this week. Uh, I know. I will say I'm excited about the prospect of a Celtics-Hawks first-round matchup because that means I could probably see the Hawks up here. That's exciting. That's something I'm looking forward to. <laughs> That's something I'm happy to talk about. <laughs> awesome. All right. Yeah. Curtis, how are you? I'm good. Fresh back from spring break. Woohoo! Nice. Beads in your hair? I did. Totally. <laughs> I went full cornrow. Did you get a Mike Tyson henna tattoo on your face? I did that. And I also wore a wife beater the whole time and just got really sunburned. Nice. So, and that one's actually true, isn't it? Nah, that's probably actually true. <laughs> and I got some lip. I got some lips tattooed on the side of my face that say "Kiss my grits." Nice. nice. You're very southern. Mm-hmm. Three of those four things are true. That's right. I, I want, I, I'll let yeah, I'll let everybody decide. <laughs> Speaking of basketball, one guy won the top two positions in my pool. And who won the third position in your pool, Kurt? Yes, one Kurt young Hamilton Frankincense and Murph. Congratulations, Hammy. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you I almost, you almost gave out Hammy's secret identity. That was that was cool how you really, like, you really yeah. cleverly avoided it. And I will not throw him under the bus at all about the fact that he never paid his entry fee and therefore is being docked when I actually <laughs> sent him his money. I just knew. I, I just knew. <laughs> Curtis, you should you should give me five bucks for just keeping the, the, the housekeeping and the finance stuff easy for you. How's that? One less pro- one less payment to process. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, and so guys, keeping my last name clean <laughs> for all those people who people, aren't on our Facebook site. Diligently, <laughs> diligently searching out a Hamilton. I can, I can continue to lead my life. Yes. Anyway, Stevie <laughs> in, the, in the Boston area. Yes, exactly. All those places. Stevie, how are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah. So I had a really like low level. D level um, celebrity sighting this weekend. Nice. So for all for you local Atlantans, I was in the uh, the Trader Joe's in Midtown near the Midtown Eight Theaters, and I'm walking down the aisle and I'm like, that is Webster, no Emmanuel Lewis, right? Wow. So I'm like, it has got to be Webster, got to be Webster. So then I, I, you know, I'm there with some family. I'm like, guys, that's Webster. And then we convince ourselves that Webster's dead. But then we realize, no, right, right, exactly. Then we realize that we're just bad people and we mix up all young African-American TV stars from the 80s and we're really thinking of Gary Coleman. Yep. And then it absolutely is Emmanuel Lewis. Nice. Yes. So, you know, I'm so cool. 
because I saw with, Webster. Was he with Alex Karras? That would even make a better story. <laughs> yeah. You know, he was clearly just there, like, shopping. I mean... Well, he lives in Atlanta. Yeah, he went to Clark University, I think. Nice. Um, but, I mean, I, you know... I, I wasn't stalking him as much as I kind of wanted to, um, but I was I was outside waiting for the folks I was with to come out, and I watched him just walk. He got into his Suburban, or he put his groceries away in his Suburban, he put his cart back in the cart return, and then just drove away, you know? He's clearly just... You should have gone up and patted him on the head. Yeah, he loves that. I've read that wow. in interviews. So, I, I... I had a similar... I have to share my... I had a similar um, celebrity sliding. Even I guess it's... I mean... He's true D-list, but like he's surreal life. Wasn't he on the surreal life, Emmanuel Lewis? Yeah. So I saw um, in I was in Nashville um, working, and there was uh, in the in staying at the hotel with me. Actually, in the elevator, riding up with me was uh, Roger Wisdom, better known as Bunny from The Wire. Um, and for all of you Wire fans, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Uh, and and. Uh, I, I am so enamored with the wire that it was it, I would I was sort of stuttered and was crazy and I said to him uh, you're you're bunny from the wire <laughs> and he said you're Hamilton from Atlanta baseball talk no, he did not say that. <laughs> um, Hamilton <laughs> Hamilton Frankensenmer basketball college basketball whiz um, and I and he and he's like yep and I said I really like the wire. You're not the only one. And then he got off. I don't know. I felt like the biggest. And it wasn't his floor, Hammy. He threw threw himself down the elevator shaft. He did. He just pried the doors open and just crawled up to the hole. But uh, it was pretty funny how, like, I mean, he was sort of a minor character and and how humiliating it was for me to have that story. I'm humiliated for you just hearing that story. Yeah. Because I told him something that obviously Hardy knew. Right, sure. Who he was. Yeah. And then I said the same thing that probably everybody else said. <laughs> it's really memorable for him. Yes. All right, guys. Before we get started, a few pieces of business. So our podcast is now available for download on Stitcher. So all you anti-iTunes um, folks, go find us on Stitcher. We can also be heard Monday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern with a replay Saturday night at 10.30 on Herb FM. You can go to HerbFM.com. A bunch of very eclectic East Coast um, sports programming there, and you can find us there if you'd like. Um, also, you can subscribe to us, as always, on iTunes. And to keep up with everything going on with the show and the website, follow us on Twitter. Get us to 1,500 on Twitter, people. Follow us on Twitter at ATL Baseball Talk and on Facebook. All right, guys. In tonight's show, we'll discuss <laughs> Freddie's fate, and we'll review good and bad signs from the week. One section will be longer than the other. <laughs> it feels like we, we stretched out the intro. Like, just so <laughs> yeah. we didn't have to get to this point where we had to talk. DOB were like, just skip this show. <laughs> yeah. All right, but first, guys, the three-game sweep at the hands of the Mets to start the season. So, guys, it is without question the worst of worst-case scenarios to start the season. So, Ham, let's start here. How much of this, you know, really in turn, you know, how, how much do you put meaning in this in terms of the rest of the season? Um. Oh, Steve, I really am at a loss with these guys because you listen. To, I mean, you listen to them. They're confident. 2011 is in the rearview mirror. 2012 is only three games. It's only three games. Um. But but it's the same team playing the exact same way. 
I mean, they might as well have just walked off the 13-inning loss to the Phillies and picked right back up and played this series. I mean, it's the exact same team behaving the exact same way. Uh, I, you know, and I know there's some bright spots. Um, I mean, Hayward for his 200 average had some bright spots. Hanson looked good. We'll talk about all this. But we have one person who's, who's 250, and that's Eric Hinsky. Or no, he's over 250. Eric Hinsky and his one hit and two at bats. Freeman, I think, is at 250. Everybody else is below 200. I know it's only yeah. three games, but good lord, people, where is our 750 hitting? Um, horrible managing choices. Freddie seems overmatched by everyone. Um, and so it, it's hard for me. It's hard. I know the rational side of me says it's we're three games in. Um, we're going to Houston. We'll, we can flip the switch. We've got we've got hitting, we've got fielding, we've got pitching. But I, I, I this was the for me the worst way to start the season. Like I have, I have absolutely no faith in the Braves right now. Yeah, the most jarring thing for me, and it's silly that I wasn't prepared for it. Really, looking back on it, was how much it felt as a fan exactly like the last month of the season. Exactly. Like, it was exactly, exactly, we were back in 2011. And I couldn't believe how much, the, you know, how, how, the, how the, the feeling was just exactly the same. And I couldn't believe in the first week we're, I'm back to, oh, my God, let's just win Sunday so it's not a total disaster. I mean, like, all that stuff from 2011 that, that like, nothing has changed. How are oh, we here? Exacerbated by the fact that we that it is not 2011 <laughs> that we had this whole off season we had all these opportunities we have this wealth of pitching that hopefully we could have used to maybe update the offense we have a new hitting coach all these things and and and, and so i feel like it, yes and it's almost even worse and i know it's i know that it's, it's only 3 games and we have to do a show every week so we've got to sort of react but ah uh, I mean, it's just—it's worse. It's just—it's horrible. It's but horrible. but so but so that's the thing. So so last week, right? Kurt predicted eighty-nine games we'd win. I yeah. was ninety-two. Him, I don't remember. You were ninety or ninety-one, which all speaks to a pretty well guaranteed first or second likely wild card spot. Like our predictions were not for a terrible, dismal team this season. But, yeah. you know, which means, despite the fact that we didn't change anything on paper, we are exactly the same team, minus Gonzalez and insert Pastor Nicky and our new hitting coach. So, was this just a bad start? Or are we worse <laughs> than the Mets? You know, I mean, like, what's going on here? Kurt, what, what do you think? Well, you know, it's it's easy to be pessimistic uh, and look at all this because it just screams that which we all I think were befuddled why the Braves didn't go out and do anything but you know as you can look at the Red Sox they exploded their whole thing um, they changed the manager they changed the GM I guess Ham they didn't really change much on the field personnel wise but they're 0-3 too um, and arguably but, looked worse than the Braves yeah. but I, I, you know we win last year, and, and the things that we're looking at last year are that our starting pitching is is pretty good. They just can't go deep in games. Uh, our middle relief is shaky. Um, our offense 
does not produce a lot of runs. They do not hit in the clutch or with runners in scoring position, whatever you might call it. Um, and so the remedy to all that is to put the exact same product on the field, essentially. Uh, we didn't change much. Our middle relief is still shaky. Our starting pitching still looks decent. They just can't go very far in games. Um, and we went one for the series against the Mets with runners in scoring positions. So, I, you know, I, I posed the question today is why are we allowed to believe that we could go in and, and that we're that much better than the Mets? And, you know, the response was, well, the Mets are terrible and, and we're not going to be terrible, whatever. Who says we're not going to be terrible? Um, yeah. Why aren't Look we going to be terrible? Why, why, why should we believe with the team that we have right now that we can go in and, and take two of three from the Mets when they're starting Johan Santana, they're starting uh, Nice, they're starting Dickey, Dickey sorry. Um, you know, minor, huge expectations for minor. His bread in his mouth, everything, he comes out, flops. Um, JJ goes what four and a third or something like that. Yeah, four and yeah, third. JJ JJ looked worse than Minor did. JJ JJ looked terrible. Minor had two yeah. those two check swing hits. I mean, he's had some rough luck, and he may. I mean, he did not deserve to win. I'm not going to say that. JJ could not keep his fastball down. Could not get any velocity on it. I mean, yeah. I feel like he got lucky that he only gave up the runs he did. So yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I'm. Just, I took you off track. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But, Kurt, what, what I would uh, – you know, my counter to you, and it's why I predicted the number of games I did, is that on paper, the team should hit. The team really should be better. Absolutely. And, so, that's, the, so, and that's, the, that's, the, that's the thing that continues to drive me crazy, and we talked about it so frequently last year. How is it possible? How is it possible that, that the team – even even – taking Chipper out of the equation, the team that's out there right now, it is inexcusable that they are this bad offensively. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. When you put Bourne, you put Prado, you put Freeman and and McCann and Ugla, when you put that group of guys together, that to me is a, a, a lineup that should be pounding the ball. Born yeah. should be born should be on the ba- on base all the time. He should be stealing bases. He should be getting knocked over. He Prado is a perfect two man. Um, Freeman, somebody like that, is a big contact hitter with power. Perfect three guy. Ugly and McCann right there. I mean, yeah. it is astonishing to me. And and it's and, and and like the Phil. So I was in Philadelphia this week when they were there for the opening day, and they they were talking about, um, you know, especially with Utley and Howard out. That you know they're batting Jimmy Rollins third, and so they're expecting it, right? They're just expecting we're not going to have a good lineup. We're going to have to, you know, Halliday's going to have to go eight, and all, and they're just going to Cliff Lee who, who sort of slipped up yesterday. But I mean, they're expecting not to produce runs. But Curtis, I'm with you. Like we should be expecting to score runs. It just makes no sense. I mean, the Mets look better than we did, and they've got people you've you've never heard of. The Mets looked significantly better than we did. I mean, it wasn't even close in all aspects. David Wright back to form and just eating our lunch every every opportunity we gave him. But I mean, it all starts at the top. It's very easy. I mean, you know, it's 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 simple. It's little league. It's it's slow pitch softball. You get guys on to start the inning, and it makes things better. But when you have Bourne and Prado, a combined four for 22 uh, with two walks and eight strikeouts between the two of them, they're not really setting the table for anybody and not suggesting that anybody behind them is doing anything. Um, but, you know, it, and then you basically have, when you get 
get to the bottom of the order, it's a one, two, three inning. I mean, it's effectively, there's nothing coming out of um, that seven, eight, nine situation. So they're turning it's a, over. It's the- yeah, it's early though. It's early. Well, it really is. Look, I, you know, uh, it, it's just like we said in spring training. There's no reason that the whole storyline changes if we go in and take two or three from Houston. Because, again, this team should hit, and this team can hit. We saw it for stretches last year. But so, so guys, how much do you put at the feet of, of Freddie for all of this? Is this the players not producing, or is this about Freddie's managing? There's certainly a lot of heat um you know, toward Freddie out in the internet right now. Curtis, you go first. I took the first step first. Um, well, I mean, obviously, it's the, the age-old question. The, the players are certainly not producing, but this just seems, seems to be kind of a trend under Freddie. And I know that people are going to say, "Over, we're overreacting," and it's the first three games. Well, this is the show we're doing after the first three games. So, of course, we're going to react to the first three games of the season, and they were terrible. So let's just yeah, but aside. Curtis, I, let me but and I'm just going because I to, to, this is an extension of last season. So of course it right? is, and right. it's, yeah. frankly, it's an extension of spring training. They were terrible in spring training. I mean, they they kind of picked it up in the second half of spring training, but I mean, they were terrible. I mean, there's no getting around that. They were not a very good team in spring training. They showed us nothing. They showed us no potential, and now they've come into the season and laid a huge egg. Um, but right, and, to, to and, talk about Freddie, uh, real quick, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm belaboring no, that's that okay. point. But I think, yes, I think Freddie certainly uh, has a good deal of responsibility for this. I mean, he's putting players in that have no – I mean, wh- why should Jose Constanza have an at-bat this season? Let alone a lefty. Essentially, yeah, against a lefty and essentially our number one pinch hitter right now. I mean, Yeah, which they, is insane. It's insane. Oh, my God. They said that uh, that Francisco was going to get every opportunity now that Chipper's out to prove what he's worth to the team. They went and made this move, which I think was a great move. It's a very clever move. It's, it's something that could shore them up potentially for a long time and, and allow Prado to stick with one position, which is exactly what Frank Wren came out and said. Mm-hmm. So what did they go and do? They f- flip-flopped the, the – the lineup. I mean, I understand that it's lefty righty, and all you want to get all these matches. It's the first three games of the season. Put the best guys out on the field and see what they can do. You know, why is Jack Wilson getting a start in Game Three? Why? I mean, what have we seen out of Pat? We need to find out about Pastor Nicky. I could care less about what Jack Wilson. Performs. He's one of the leading hitters on the team at 200. Yeah, but, but, it, but it's totally irrelevant. The guy's a defensive replacement in the eighth inning when you're up a run, and and he's not going to have any shot of coming up to bat. That's that's his role on the team, and that should be his role on the team. Show me what these guys have. I want Francisco in there every single day. I want Pastor Nicky in there every single day. I want Prado to to be relaxed and be able to play left field, and that's all I want. And you talk about Diaz, Diaz batting against righties, Costanza batting against lefties. Um, you know, bringing in Durbin, bringing in these guys. It's just, it's yes, all that gets laid on Freddie because those are the decisions that he has control over. People can say, yeah, they're not producing. Of course they're not producing, but he's the one putting him in the position and allowing them to fail. Yeah, I think that game one in particular was the biggest travesty as far as Freddie goes, where he left Diaz in after they brought a righty in in a real pivotal position. He left Constanza in to um, to pitch uh, to to bat. You know, it was that awful feeble swing where he ended up like throwing the bat. He almost yeah, yeah. 
with his bat or something. Yeah, I mean, really terrible. I, I, you know, I think that I, I don't think Freddie should be our manager um, for reasons other than just this 0-3 start. But I think there were really some terrible X's and O's this weekend that just show that he is overmatched. Well, and he and I made this I made this comment in our comment section, but he's the book on Freddie is that he's a by the books guy. Right, he just—he's a percentages guy. He always goes to the best percentages, but it's just not true. I mean, he played just—it's—he's reading from the wrong book. Yeah. This week, and then and and again, back into last season. I'll try to let last season go, but um. But no, but you know what, Hammy? These are really special circumstances when you have a historic collapse in the last month of the season, and then you come out in the first three games of the next season and look exactly the same with the same exact kind of results. You get to lump it all together. Yeah. I think it's silly not to. It's the same team. And especially when you don't make any changes, when you don't aggressively, other than Francisco and Kurt, I agree. Smart move, shrewd, good risk. Yep. I love that move. Didn't give up much in J.J. Hoover for him. Yeah, no, I mean, it just, and, and, and certainly there's some work ethic questions and all that stuff, but I mean, I, I wanted more of that this offseason. And, and if that's your big move, I, I think we have every right to just think this is a continuum of the team of last year. So, so guys, how much do you put on this, on Frank Wren? Because, uh, you know, uh, five minutes ago I'm saying on paper we should be much better. So, you could, you could certainly side on Wren's part to say there's no reason to blow this up we look at our players last you know last september was a fluke but are you blaming frank wren are you down on frank wren more than you were you know a week ago so i don't it's tough it's tough um so frank wren is limited by his payroll he's not going to go out and get pujols or reyes right i mean the the, yep. the, the team is just not going to do that um and, and, and so, you know, I, I, I was drinking the Kool-Aid from Frank Wren Frank this offseason. I mean, he wasn't going to go be rash. He wasn't going to go chase a bunch of, you know, he was not going to be able to get some of these big players. There weren't, you know, and after it sort of dropped off from Fielder, Pujols, Reyes, and some of the top pitchers, which there weren't a lot of, there was not a lot of talent out there. So it wasn't like it was a big market to go out and do something with. And so, um, you know, I, I, I think for me, I was like, okay, all right. I agree. On paper, we're good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I think this is, a, you know, the right thing to do given the circumstances. And I know we're only three games in, but if you look at spring training in this, maybe he needed to unload Freeman and and free up some money to go after Fielder, you know, or something rash like this. And I think maybe he's wrong. Maybe again, I, I feel like I'm overacting, but maybe this is not the, maybe this is not the team on paper that's a good team. Maybe Hayward's not great. You know, maybe we don't have a good team. Yeah, to me, the only, like, real misstep, because, again, there is the fact of the payroll. There was only so much he could do. I hated the Durbin pickup. Yeah. He really hasn't pitched well in years. And then you have Freddie misusing him this weekend, bringing him in in a tight game. You know, but not, you know, and, and then, you know, today would have been a good day for him. Right, when we were down so many runs. Right. Don't bring him in in a close game. Well, we really have much better guys out in the out in the bullpen yeah, than and Chad I think, the, I think the Levon Hernandez thing is going to be a – I said it last week. I'll say it again. It's, it's not going to work out. No way, dude. 
Don't random my parade about Levi and, Hernandez. And, uh, and I think it's interesting that right now this, this, <laughs> this team is totally constructed to expect nothing out of our starting pitching, nothing innings-wise, um, that we're only going to expect four or five innings. That's why we're carrying three wrong, long relievers on this team, um, is that all we're going to expect them is to throw four and two-thirds innings every single time out there, which is insane. Um, I mean, we have to get more out of those guys. Um and they have to produce where they can go deep into these games and give us quality starts later in these games. I, I just can't see a team that's going to function properly relying so much on long relief coming in to carry two or three innings in these games until you get to the end of the bullpen. And it's true. I mean, Proctor, Linebrink, Hernandez, Cheryl. Durbin. It's the same. It's the same. I mean, different faces, different names, same situation. Freddie doesn't I mean, know how to use does them. Durbin, Durbin brings you that much more than Garen or Flande or somebody. I mean, seriously. And and at least Flande was a lefty. I mean, yeah, I I, I know he he wasn't lights out in the spring, but um, I I just don't see the Durbin move more than any of the others. All right, guys. So sticking with the the same theme on Freddie, let's move on to fair or foul. <laughs> same right? theme. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm going to throw something out there. We agree with All it right. fair or disagree with it foul. So Hammy, fair or foul? If the Braves continue slow out of the gate, you believe Freddie should be fired? Fair. Okay. So. You know, oh what's three. the record? What point? <laughs> oh, and two. <laughs> All right, but um, seriously, at what point are you going to say no more? He's got to be gone. Or maybe it is right now. You know, I, I don't know. I, for me, it's right now. I mean, I, 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 Freddie lost me a long time ago. So, um, I mean, the only thing that would keep me from wanting to fire Freddie is just, like, if there would be a disruption to the team, which seems laughable to even say that, right? Because maybe that's exactly what we need is a disruption to this team. Right. Um, you know, I, I we're not there every day. I don't, I don't understand in baseball. I mean, like, this is one of these things, like, what does a hitting coach do? Because whatever they're doing, Walker is not doing it right now. How do players respond to managers? I don't know. It doesn't seem like they're responding. Again, it's three games in. If you don't count last season, which I'm counting. So, but I, I mean, for me, for me, it's not a question of what I think, because I don't think Freddie is the right manager for this team. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we have powerhouse talent that takes away the need for him to be super shrewd. Right. Maybe if you've got a team that's as loaded as the Yankees or the Tigers that, you know, and those, and they still have good managers. I think it's Leland or Girardi, but that you maybe can have more room for not being the, the, so sharp. But with this team, Freddie's not the right manager for this team. And I don't, I mean, I think right now, I don't know what the record needs to be. So the question is, is if, if Wren and McGurk and those guys, when do they think it is? Cause for me, it's right now. I'm sorry. All right. Curtis Fairfowl, Freddie fired. Uh, yeah. Shocker on this end, fair. Um, so when for you? Well, I, I I think Hamilton talked about it last week that um, how winnable this April is and how um, it lays out very nicely for the Braves to start. So I think that if if they if they get buried in this April, that he has to be fired. And frankly, I think Frank Wren should be fired along with him if that is the case, because Frank Wren has put this out there. I don't care about the. I'm tired of hearing about the payroll limitations. I'm tired of hearing about that garbage. You have a team out there that should be winning, and why they're not winning, that is 
that is the question that nobody can answer. But it, there's definitely something wrong with the makeup of this team and the leadership of this team. And so I think if, if you end up in the end of April and you've got a, a losing record, frankly, in any regard, but specifically if it's a if it's a pretty substantial losing record, then absolutely he should be gone. But I will tell you tell you right now that I, I think that Freddie is the manager for the season, um, mm. even if they totally tank. And I, I, I I've been wrong many a time on this show before, but I believe that in my heart that it would take something catastrophic for him to be fired and. Um, during the seasons, even more so. So, yeah, and, and, you know, and I totally agree with you. And it's it's part of what I like about the Braves um, is that sort of stability. Like, there's part of me that that hates the talk about firing the manager because I don't want to be the Mets. I don't want to be those teams or those new managers. You don't want to be in every couple years. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be the Mets of of yesteryear. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it just feels. Yeah, I, I don't like that. That said, um, I think that if, if the team is below 500 after April, he should be gone. It really is such a winnable month. It's the kind of month where we really could, you know, can and should make a move, especially with the Phillies down like they are right now. The, you know, the Nationals and the Marlins trying to gel with all their new pieces and, and us with no new pieces. You know, we should be. This is moving day for us to throw a master's term in there, right? Yeah. Um, we should be making hay in April, and and if we don't, I, I really think that a change should be made. But it's not and happening. It, yeah, it, it's it, not it, happening. And what yeah. what happens if the Mets, you know, from this point lose fifteen of their next twenty one games or something like that, and proving to how awful that everyone thinks that they're going to be? It's going to make our rankings worse. Oh no! Sorry, wrong sport. I mean, I think that the, I think the only thing that might, you know, necessitate or facilitate his firing is if we if we are mid season, it's the All Star game, and we're twenty games out, and it's so obvious that we're not contending that it's just like yeah, we we, we hit the reset button early. That's the only thing is if 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 it's so obvious that this season is completely lost. In, in sort of a historic, monumental way, then maybe he goes then. It's a good point. If we are sellers at the all at the uh, at, at the trade deadline, you, you may sell Freddie along with it. That's if good. anybody yeah. wants to buy him, well, right. Yeah. All right, guys, let's move on to good sign and bad sign of the week. So I'll start. Um, for me, <laughs> you know, not much good sign clearly, but Phillies and Marlins have only won one game, and to me, they are more the threat. Uh, than the Nationals for, you know, the division and the wild card. So, look, you know, every game counts, um, especially in this tough division. So glad that they're off to a slow start. And Medlin, for me, um, you know, he came out and did exactly what he needs to do um, and did it very well in this in, in the scenario we're in with the pitchers, um, you know, not going deep into ball games. I mean, Medlin's just doing everything that we need him to do. Yeah. Um, any good signs, guys, for you? Hanson. I mean, that was a great start for him. You got, I mean, if you're starting pitcher and you're only giving up one run, you're doing the best you can do, even against the Mets, you know, especially yeah. on the road. Yeah, he looked good. I want him to go longer in the game, but he certainly looked good. Yeah, and I, I feel like he could have gone longer. I feel like Freddie panicked. He, Freddie couldn't wait to get his new toy in there, Durbin. <laughs> it, was his, it was his new toy, Medlin, is what it was. 
Well, that's true, Madeline. That's yeah. true, but he wanted to get. That's true, and Madeline did look great. But I think that um, I I I think he looked good. I was excited. I was nervous about a bunch of factors new delivery and just and just hansen and sort of being the man because he's never had to be the man yeah the opening day starter and 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 he, he i thought he did great i'm excited for him all right curtis you got anything on good side um no um maybe mccann showing some power today yeah prado showing some power both of them hitting home runs which it seemed like they kind of lacked that a lot in the second half of last season um but yeah, not much. Yeah. All right, so my bad sign, I mean, I'm going to start with five innings, four and a third, and five innings. It's the thing that I talked about in last show about, the, you know, the, the a sign that I wanted to see early in the season, um, which was our starting pitchers going deeper into ball games. five, four and a third, and five. Not off to a good start in that regard. Um, and we talked about it earlier, that J.J. on top of it really looked bad. I mean, velocity was down, location was bad. Um, just you know, forget looking like a number two or a number three. I mean, he looked like a, a four or five out there. Um, yeah. How about you guys? Uh, other than the obvious that no one's hitting and everyone's under two fifty, then we have a horrible manager. Um, <laughs> I don't know, Curtis. You you got anything? Well, minor, obviously disappointing after his spring. Uh, yeah, yeah, hoping that he would really right the ship today yeah. for sure. Uh, and then have a, I mean, you know, when they needed it, they needed a really big start from him to yeah. uh, to get a win. Um, Ugliest big spring, not caring over at all. Um, yeah, and I mean, I, you know, I really I, I point a lot at uh, apologies to the Prado fans out there, but Bourne and Prado really not helping the team out at all. Bourne with five strikeouts, and this is a guy obviously who's going to want a lot of money at the end of the year, which. We've talked about him a lot, but too. But uh, you know, I don't know that that he is what they're hoping that he is going to be. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And he's not been on a, a base enough to to even get any steals. I know that he was on the other day against Dickey, and they didn't, and he wasn't going, which confused me. I guess it was a situation in inning where it wasn't appropriate. But I don't know though. But you got to make something. So I'm just going to build off that, Curtis, because because for me. JJ was the worst sign of the week. Um, minor was bad, but JJ's for what we're counting on him for, and uh, I'm nervous about him. But yeah, Bourne, um, not even the strikeouts, but even in game one, and I know it's a small sample set, like he just wasn't, he looked, he looked, he didn't own the bases, right? Like you need Bourne as a leadoff hitter to be right in every situation, and it just seemed like he was misguessing, and I know that, I think he was maybe safe on game one. Um, on that pass ball, but um, still, yeah, he just, needs to be Kenny Lofton out there. He's been the stolen base leader for the last two seasons. Need to look like and, it. And Marcy, Marquis Grissom, just people who just wreak havoc, literally. Yeah. And like, and 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 so, I mean, he just made a bunch of blunders, and we just we need him. Like we everything, we have no room for error. And he is our speed guy. He is our leadoff guy. We need him to be operating. Um, you know. At, at his at his optimum and, and well, it, it, I was watching fam, fantasy ratings for the season and they had him as the number one base stealer projected in the National League with almost seventy steals and I, I just laughed out loud. I was like, have they seen how the Braves operate? Do they honestly <laughs> yeah. think that Michael Bourne? And I mean, it's like the old line that the only person that could ever hold Michael Jordan under twenty points was Dean Smith, and the only person that will hold uh, Michael Bourne under fifty steals will be Freddie Gonzalez. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, let's finish up with our predictions for the coming week. New week 
Fresh start, guys. Yes. All right, so three in Houston with the Astros, and then three at home with the Brewers for the season opener uh, at the TED. I just remember that I, I predicted 3-0 and for this week. Uh, <laughs> um, all right, so Beachy Hanson Delgado in Houston, and J.J. Minor Beachy for the weekend series against the Brewers. You know, we haven't seen Beachy yet, let alone Delgado, but so maybe something good there. So, Hammy, what yeah. do you say? Six games this week. Um, I'm going to say, <laughs> uh, it, it, despite all the show, it's almost like I just didn't listen to the show we just <laughs> did, but I, I, it, I'm hoping, I'm at hope here. It's not even really true belief of this. I'm thinking we can win two of three in Houston. Um, and I think when we come home, there's a boost. I don't think the Brewers are going to be great this year. I know that they still have the couple cheaters on their team, but I'm going to say <laughs> four and two, two where we go two and two and one in, in both series. All right, Curtis. Yeah, I want to do that too, but I'm not going to. I, I just, oh. I, I, yeah, I can't buy it yet. Um, and we got Hap first off the bat in Houston. Right, we have two lefties in Houston. He owned us, um, so um, I'm going to go three and three, two and one, one and two. All right, so Bizarro show this week, guys. I'm going two and four. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I, I stroke. I think I think we win one in each series. I, I just, you know, the, I'm not saying the team doesn't come together, but I don't think it's uh, completely coming together this week. Wow. Should it we do our postseason hope meter? <laughs> It'd be too depressing. Let's wait until at least next week. That we didn't get swept all season last year until the last series of the season. Yeah. And now we've started off this season. Well, Freddie wanted to get it out of the way. That's true. Because it, it hangs over the guys. It's true. <laughs> you know. All right, guys, that's the show. As always, <laughs> everyone, please check us out at AtlantaBaseballTalk.com for past shows, to check out our blogs, and to post in our comment section. Oh, my gosh, we have two new bloggers, which I forgot to mention. Um, oh, we my gosh. have Yeah, yeah, oh, my gosh. We have Sean and we have Mike um, along with Vinny, so please check out our blogs. Um and be sure to follow us on Twitter at ATL Baseball Talk and on Facebook. Thanks again for listening, everyone, and go Braves! Thanks for listening to Atlanta Baseball Talk, your weekly podcast for all things Atlanta Braves. To find new shows, to post in our forum, or to send a comment, please visit us at atlantabaseballtalk.com. Had to admit the problem, it's a hard thing to admit. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. We're outside the travel agency, a cannabis store that's got everyone buzzing. I've been to dispensaries all over the United States, but I've never seen one this unique. So nice. Amazing vibe. Some of the best customer service I've had in a store. Blows my expectations out of the water. Come down to the travel agency and see for yourself. For use only by adults age 21 and older. Keep out of reach of children and pets. In case of accidental ingestion or overconsumption, contact the National Poison Control Center. Consume responsibly.